Welcome to The Cap, where we are here to speak with college reps and other professionals in the field of college admissions to help answer all your questions and guide you through every step of the process. So if you're serious about college admissions, you've come to the right place. Are you ready? Let's talk about it. And now, here's your host, Dr. John Durante. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you apply to a particular school being highlighted in a given episode, you should listen to all of them, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Don't forget to visit our website, www.collegeadmissionstalk.com, or the show notes of each episode to access the alphabetical list of all the colleges available with the related audio link to the right of each school. The alphabetical list provides you with on-demand access to all of the episodes so that you may listen whenever you wish. And if you want to receive links to episodes before they are released on the podcast, along with other related resources, please fill out the email opt-in form also available on our website and in the show notes of each episode. Lastly, please email me with any questions or comments at collegeadmissionstalk at gmail.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to the CAF, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Julian Radney, who's the Associate Director in Enrollment Management and Student Success at Louisiana State University, also known as LSU in beautiful Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now, Julian and I met at the NACAC conference. That's the National Association for College Admissions Counseling down in Baltimore. Julian, it was so great to meet with you at the conference, and it's awesome to have you here today. How are you? John, man, I am doing so well. I get to hang out <laughs> with you. I thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to be on this amazing podcast. So really excited that that NACAC connection was amazing, and it's been a long time coming. So I really, truly <laughs> appreciate you giving me the time to connect with you today and, and just have some fun to talk about college admissions and LSU in particular. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And we're looking forward to the conversation. So, Julian, what could you tell us? What is it about LSU that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend? Yeah, I think specifically with LSU, I really believe there's something for everybody, whether you're looking at something with 330 different academic programs. Well, just to give everybody an idea, there's about 5,000 different colleges and universities across our, our great country. And when you're looking at that, to say that we're one of only 50 flagships, we're only one of 22 with our research portfolio of a land, sea, and space grant institution. We're one of just eight schools that have our own med school, vet school, school of dentistry, elite MBA program, and law school. We have that all here at LSU. We truly are the super Walmart for all your higher educational needs. <laughs> There's something for everybody. If you're coming in undecided, there are opportunities for everybody. We will be with you every step of the way. And I love that you got it, John. Many people mess it up. I just simply call this EMSS, <laughs> but you're right. Enrollment management and student success, we're not your traditional office. We are moving toward the future. And at LSU, yes, we got 
30,000, 35,000 students in total, um, 25, 30 undergraduates. And now we're really moving forward to say, instead of when I first came to LSU six years ago, it was admissions was over here. I honestly wasn't exactly sure what the difference between financial aid and the bursar's office was. They were across, <laughs> uh, across from each other. Retention was in this little innocuous building that I didn't even know was on campus. So we simplified it and brought it all to a universal place. So I reside in Pleasant Hall and who resides with me is my admissions team is also the retention team and financial aid. So it's not like you got to figure it out. No, we're, we're the one-stop shop. We have our own one-stop in the student union where, of course, a lot of students hang out, relax. We have a bunch of different clubs and organizations that are within it. Um, uh, great Eatery is the only college campus with a Sonic on a Chick-fil-A smoothie. All that great stuff, but you also can go and get the career services. You also can go to the one-stop that has admissions represented, financial aid, parking, transportation, like all of that. We're trying to make it easy for the students. Because really, in higher education, I truly believe we've been doing it wrong. We've been making students come to our campuses and say, hey, students, 17, 18-year-olds, you figure us out. You figure out where to go. You figure out how to get tutoring. You figure out how to help be retained. You figure out how to navigate scholarships as a current student. LSU, we're flipping that on its head. And under our leadership from President William F. Tate IV, VP Danny Barrow, our Director of Admission, Dr. Phil Verpeel, flipping it on his head to say, no, students, you come here. We are going to circle you. We are going to uh, make sure that you know how to find us, and we're not going to have you go all over. We are going to make sure that we are present with our intrusive advising. Intrusive, literally, me, even sometimes we knock on doors to help students get up to go to classes. <laughs> hey, we do that, that four-week progress report because this isn't high school. You're coming to an elite 1% university like a LSU. You are going to be challenged, and it's rigorous. I'm going to help walk you. Hey, let me show you where tutoring is. Hey, let me tell you, after four weeks, you think this is high school where you can come back from that first F that you did on your own? No, you need the resources. Here are the resources. My wife yells at me sometimes because she says my favorite four-letter word should be love. And I do love love. My favorite four-letter word, John, is free. If it's free, it's for me. So we got free tutoring. Our, our We mandate that all professors have office hours. In those larger classes, we have su supplemental instruction where you can meet in a smaller group led by a teacher's assistant where you are able to go ahead and get that 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 small group learning. So if you're in a class of 200, you may have 10 um, teacher's assistants. Now you're in a smaller group of 20. John, I think you and I will both agree. I know you have two college, one uh, soon to be graduated and one going through uh, who's in college as well. When you look at it and you're in those larger classes, we all know it's much easier to ask a question in a group of 20 rather than 200. We're going to give no you that question. opportunity. It's free. Utilize our tutoring center. We're here. We love Zoom. Now you're up in beautiful New York. I'm down in Louisiana. We can have a conversation. The pandemic wasn't <laughs> great, but it did help us with technology. So we have now tutoring in the dorm room online you can do it really from your mobile app from your cell phone you don't even have to get out of bed tutoring is right there for you <laughs> lsu i really believe there's something for everybody and of course we like to have a little bit of fun and i can tell you it's nothing like being in death valley One hundred three thousand people the tailgate outside i've never seen man i've never seen a real life alligator on a grill you'll see that during the florida <laughs> week man it is it's a place where we know how to serve our students make sure we get you to the ultimate goal which is um, not just getting you here to LSU. I'll be with you all four years, maybe even six, seven, eight years if you go into get your master's or doctoral, but then also know how to have a little bit of fun. But we're all centered around every decision that we make on all levels across all departments is with the student in mind.
Well, we appreciate that. And we're going to talk a little more about all the fun that you have on your campus and beyond. But Just a little bit, John. Just, <laughs> we don't have too much. Just a little bit of fun. Well, I know some people that are there currently, and it's a lot of fun. That's for sure. No question it about it. But before we talk about all the fun and the great things that you offer on your campus, you mentioned a lot of things. Particularly, I want to talk about the fact that you mentioned financial aid and scholarships. So, Julian, what do you offer in terms of helping students with, of course, financial aid and the different scholarships you may offer? Obviously, cost of attending college is definitely a big conversation with so many families. So what could you share with us? Yeah, no, and it's a big thing. I will tell you, I'm not an LSU undergraduate um, graduate at all. I went to a, a, a private Catholic school in Buffalo, New York, New York. I want to give them a little shout. Go Griffs. All right. <laughs> College in Buffalo. Um, so I'm all about helping you find your best fit. And that's one of the things when you get on some of these campuses, they, they, they're, they're going to try and sell you on their university. No, at LSU, again, we're, we do things differently in Louisiana. We're going to give you all the options, let you know who we are. And then we want you, the student and the family and their stakeholders, maybe their, their community-based organization, we want them to figure out if LSU is truly the best fit for them. And that's what we're looking for. So one of the biggest things we know is cost. And every year, usually August, September, those articles come out. Is college worth it? Is getting in a student loan debt worth it? And I would definitely say there's certain things that can be taken away, like your house, your car. Hopefully it doesn't happen to anybody, but that can be taken away. But once you earn that college degree, no one can ever take that from you. And so really it's about us. Uh, and I think it's more on all universities to help students guide the information for the students and families to help them find their best fit. If you if, if you can have a another great school, maybe another flagship, like I know in, in New York, we have some great schools. I used to work at a couple of them. And now looking at them, if you could pay in-state tuition really cheaper with a scholarship and then come to LSU full price, I'm going to be the one telling you, no, don't come to LSU. Like I, we would love for you to come, but financially it doesn't make as much sense. So, but what I love that we have done again, under our leadership, when I started at LSU, um, we offered a decent amount of financial aid, but our out-of-state scholarships were $3,500. I know right. we're on a podcast, but right. just so everybody knows, I'm scratching my head, my hands, kind of like giving that thinking, that thinking look. I remember they said $3,500. I said, for an out-of-state student, that's just a drop in the bucket. That's not really doing anything. It's not going to uh, move the needle at all. So what I can say at LSU, what I'm really proud of, we offer over not a million, but a billion dollars in financial aid and wow. scholarships. Um, and so what that looks like on a mi micro level our, for our out-of-state students, they are going to be able to go ahead and minimally on an outside scholarship, out-of-state scholarship is $13,000. So that really can help make us comparable to a SUNY school if you're looking to stay in New York and really comparable across the country to get a flagship education, an elite 1% university, um, and the fun that you can have here at LSU to get it, especially when you get the scholarships that we give out because we're state funded, federally funded, we are fully funded. We're able to go ahead and, and give that money back to students and families. It doesn't go into my pockets. It goes back to our <laughs> families. That's who, that's who we're here to serve. And so having that opportunity, something that I'm getting a chance to sit on, on our committee for folks who get in, folks who get into our honors college, and most importantly to me is folks who are going to get some of the scholarship dollars. I would love to fight for them, especially all students, but especially my New York, New Jersey students, my up north students want more of them coming down to the bayou. So I'm really proud that we're offering over a billion dollars in financial aid and scholarships. And we have a whole lot of different scholarships, but minimally 13,000 is our out-of-state scholarship. 
uh, amount. And then we have, we're one of just a few schools, one of 40 schools in the entire country. Again, out of 5,000 that have that stamp scholarship, which is a fully uh, full ride cost of attendance all four years. And you get money on top of that to study abroad or what we call experiential learning. Most students take that money and study abroad with it. But if you have a cool research project, they can utilize that. So that's a, a full ride cost of attendance stamps. But we also have the presidential scholarship is full ride cost of attendance just without the uh, the experiential part to it. So we're going to give out this money. We're not keeping this. We're unapologetic. <laughs> we're giving it out to students. And I love with our process. It used to be a separate a- application process, John. And I'm like, there's a there's enough that these students are going through already when I got here six <laughs> years ago. And a lot of information is, is the same thing that they're asking for that's on the Common App. Common App is the only right. way to apply to us. Right. So all they do have to do now for the Honors College is check a box. And for scholarships, all they have to do is apply by December 15th. We're not early action. We're not early decision. We're a true rolling decision. All students have to do is apply by December 15th, and they'll be eligible for our scholarships that we're that we start to give out right after that December fifteenth, and really a whole lot in the spring. So um, made it real easy, no separate application, just apply by December fifteenth. You'll be in consideration. Well, that's fantastic. Then you mentioned so many different things: the Common App, your out-of-state students. You talked about your three hundred and thirty-five academic programs, which obviously means you have something for everyone. But you also talked about fit. So let's unpackage that a little further, if you don't mind, Julian. Can you tell us more about the student life experience at LSU and what kinds of extracurricular activities and organizations are available to students? In other words, students and their parents want to know, what is life like on your campus once class is over? And what do students do on the weekends in addition to going to those amazing football games? Yeah, well, I can say realistically, the real answer, John, is there's never a dull moment on our <laughs> never a dull moment. So, but uh, what I would say is is something. Me being a six two male, I now have learned my <laughs> privileges because I have a John as you saw. I got two little rambunctious little a three and two year old. I have little girls, so I want to start off with just safety, especially when you're coming to a state capital city like Baton Rouge. We are in the city, but we're we're like. 10 minutes, 12 minutes from our suburbs, seven minutes to downtown. And I love that the for everywhere on LSU where you're going into like our residential halls, uh, there's a three-step swipe. Swiping, you had to swipe your card to get into the building. So right. security is big for us. Then you had to swipe your card to get onto your floor. And John, let's say you and I are roommates. You, we would then have to swipe to get into our room. I would have a specific pin. You would have a specific pin. So security wow. is something that's really big and important to me, especially, again, as I think about some of the wild things that I did in college where I'm like, that probably wasn't the safest thing with my little girls. I'm like, I want to make sure that campus is safe. So I'm really proud of our safety. I love that whether it is because it's raining or you're just studying later, you just don't feel like walking. We have transportation for all students. Yes, you can bring a car, John, and you can. But, <laughs> but do you need one? No, because we have shuttles that take you all throughout the day. We have our, our evening shuttle really running from four to four to midnight. And then we have our police escorts. Let's say, hey, you're studying late till 2 a.m. It's raining or you just, again, don't feel like walking. You can go ahead and, and police escort will take you back to your dorm. Uh, so that's really important. But really, we are a true residential campus. Folks aren't leaving and, and, and going back home. No, it's it's. It's uh, we are here. We're a community. We are kind of Baton Rouge. You'll see everything. You'll see our state of the art top uh, uh, top of the line buildings. You'll see our old school um, French, Cajun, Italian type looking buildings. Uh, you'll see our big oak trees with the Spanish moss on them. You'll see our parade ground. 
where people just hang out. I never have seen. I had to walk by and ask them, John, because I just heard about it, uh, or just they just started it last year. So I wanted to see. I was like, what are they doing out there? I just saw some students with like just painting, and I'm like, wonder what they're painting. It's actually called the club. It's a cloud watching club. They literally some people were laying on their backs. I'm like, is somebody hurt? What's going on? Let me go talk to our students. And it's the cloud watching club. Some people just sit there and look at the clouds. Some people awesome. are actually painting. So we really we have over so many different clubs and organizations, over 450 different clubs and organizations. I know I'm going to show my age here, but for my listeners out there, um, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. So I love to see on our campus, I can still see students running with brooms between their legs at the end of the field with the hoops at the end of it. So we still have a Quidditch team. I'm sure at some point in time that may go away uh, as we get older, but I love Harry Potter. So I love to see that we still have that. Um, I just was chosen to be a, um, a, 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 a academic advisor for a club or organization called Brick by Brick, which is an entrepreneurship confidence, how to talk to people, how to navigate different conversations in the business world. Um, so we're always creating new clubs and organizations, whether it's intramural sports, of course, where not everybody can be a Division One athlete. So whether it is club sports, which is like Division Two, Division Three level, whether it is Hey, I just want to just, hey, you're going to get some good eating with some gumbo, some boudin. <laughs> I still don't know what Mississippi mud pie is, John, but I know it's amazing and delectable <laughs> as a dessert. You need to run that off. So intramural sports is something that our students are able to participate in. Um, and I can say I never used to see hockey sticks and lacrosse sticks, but I'm seeing more and more of them uh, right. on our campus as we have more and more Northerners right. coming on down. So it's, it's really something for everybody, our university rec center or UREC. Uh, state-of-the-art, brand spanking new, beautiful, and literally anything that you could want to do, that we have that. We have our Leisure River. Maybe it's just a hot day. You just want to just relax, get in your inner tube, float through at, at the uh, the Leisure River spells out LSU. So you kind of just have, a, again, a awesome. little fun in the sun. There's truly something for everyone. But again, I love that our students are able to create their own clubs and really facilitate what they need. That's what college should be about. Right. Great right. ideas, learning, finding yourself mentally, spiritually, physically, but also making sure you have a good time and feel safe in an environment and help find who you are. And we help cultivate that by allowing us to create their own clubs and find what matters to them. Again, I didn't know tea and crumpets. I, that's nothing I think about, but we have a tea and crumpets <laughs> club. Didn't know that was a thing. Our students created that. They had that on our campus. It's truly something for everybody. And it's a way to help find your community on our campus. I want to welcome back Sean Patel, who is the founder and CEO of Prep Expert. He's a Shark Tank entrepreneur making a deal with Mark Cuban back in 2016. Sean, welcome back. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back, John. So I just wanted to share with all your listeners real quick that we have an amazing partnership with the College Admissions Process Podcast, and we have a really special offer for all of your listeners. So for any listener who wants to enroll their student into one of our prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring programs, you can get 30% off just for being a listener of the College Admissions Process Podcast. All you need to do is put in the promo code COLLEGETALK, one word, just college talk, and that'll give you 30% off all prep expert SAT courses, ACT courses, or one-on-one -on -one tutoring packages. Make sure you use the link in the show notes of the College Admissions Process Podcast. 
Thank you, Sean. We really appreciate it. To our listeners, as an affiliate partner with Prep Expert, I want to be transparent with you that for every purchase made, the College Admissions Process Podcast will receive a small commission from Prep Expert. But rest assured that we only promote programs that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. For more information, please see the Prep Expert affiliate partnership link in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. Well, I love how you emphasize community and you're really giving us a lot to chew on. You're a residential campus, which is very important for students, particularly if they're coming from out of state and it's not so simple for them to get home on the weekends. They need to know that there's always something going on, as you mentioned, on the weekends. But perhaps more important for the parents is that campus safety and security. That's something that people really want to know about and they should ask more about when they're doing their research for different colleges. You talked about a police escort. If there's someone who's out late at night, they're uncomfortable, they need an escort, that's something that you have. But I also love how you talked about your swipe system. You said you have to swipe, number one, to get into your building, swipe again to get onto your floor, and then swipe yet again to get into your room, which I think is phenomenal. So I just wanted to repeat that because, again, I know that for many students and their parents, security is number one. So thank you, Julian. No, so, no, John, John, just a follow yeah, up. Please. Just remember, yeah, that last swipe, then you have your own unique pen. I have one, you have one. So it's not like the roommates are sharing one. So that, Sadie, if, if there is anything, or just, again, just we want to be safe. We want you to have a great time, but our biggest responsibility is to make sure family, our students are back, are able to get back to their families in one piece, feeling great just as they come to our campus. So, And so just to follow up, can you tell us about any recent developments or initiatives and what are the university's priorities for the future? Yeah, so I think it's really continuing to take care of our students on the retention side. Yes, we're going to continue to bring in students, but we're not going to keep growing as we have in the past. We really want to kind of level out but we want to really focus on our retention rate. So everything that we are doing is about students, as I mentioned earlier, but in particular, I love one of our new initiatives we started here recently is the student success team. My wife is our executive director. So she's over on the retention side. So she, I get to help bring them in and then uh, you guys don't get rid of me, but I get to help introduce you to my wife who will help and and really helps oversee um, our Pell eligible students and as well as helping out with your student success team. So what a student success team is, we are folks that orbit students. So for example, John, you're a student coming in. I'm your admissions counselor. I oversee all of recruitment here at LSU. So where we go, how we go, why we go, those sorts of things. But I get a chance to still recruit as well. So I get to go to New York, New Jersey. Those are my areas. So anybody who's listening from New York, New Jersey, that may have a student coming in, you're, you're, you're mine. I'm your guy. I'm here to support you. I'm your admissions person. So I'll be with you not only when you come in, but all four years. So um, that's a big thing for us. And then um, you'll have your financial aid advisor, a specific person that you can go to. And then you'll have your academic advisor. Those are the three pretty standard that has been really throughout most schools. But here's where we continue to try and flip it on its head and do things Louisiana style while making sure that it is all about students. Each student, each student. John, I'll make sure I say it one more time. Each (laughs) student that comes in. So John, when you're coming in, you will not only have those three academic, financial, uh, and admissions counselor with you, but you're also going to have a career coach that can help you say, hey, what does an engineer actually do? What's the prospects of job opportunities? You'll have an academic coach, students, families out there. I promise you the way you're studying in, in high school, it may work for you now. And I'm glad about that. 
But when you come to a, a, a LSU type elite one percent flagship school, your study habits and how you study, how you retain information, how you utilize information, that's going to change and you're going to grow and become better right. at that. That academic right. coach is going to be right there for you to help you with that. You're going to have a peer mentor because, John, you and I both know sometimes when I was in school, my professor may say things one way and they think it's clear. And I'm like, that's a guy talking with a Ph.D. (laughs) I'm just a kid from Rochester, New York, southwest side of the city. I don't understand what he's saying. (laughs) One of my my friends in the class would be like, oh, Julian, what he said was this. But here's here's how I'm going to say it to you. And I'm like. Well, why didn't he just say that, man? Because I don't understand <laughs> that. So you'll have that peer mentor that's there for you to connect with you that can help someone who's being successful at LSU to say, hey, let me show you the ropes. Let me mentor you. Mentorship is huge at LSU. And what I especially love is we know there's going to be some some tough times of the year where you're really kind of challenged and stressed out and feel like you're stretched so thin. Um, and even maybe you're a little homesick. We know like halfway through the year, midterms, finals, little homesick. That's why we have family weekend, usually six to eight weeks into the semester, because usually our I say students feel homesick. You're going to have a social and emotional coach that's right there for you. Our students now, they've gone through the pandemic, and now we're getting to the years where some of the students have gone through the pandemic. It didn't affect their high school careers, but that the pandemic affected everyone. So not only does college hard in general, but we had a support system for you. What I love, though, is, is with that pandemic, we have the social and emotional coach that's there for you. Therapy is not a, is not a bad thing. It's not a scary thing. We want to be that's upfront right. with you because, again, in general, college is hard, but not after the pandemic. So I'm glad that we're able to have each student, John. Again, you're going to be able to see who your social emotional coach is, who your career advisor is, academic coach. All this is what's called your your student success team, and it's on your phone. It's on your Navigate app that we have. You'll be able to see, wait, hold on. I remember that kind of loud-talking guy from New York. <laughs> What was that guy's name again? <laughs> my admissions comes. I got an admission question. Oh, let me check. Julian Rand. He's in Pleasant Hall, first floor, eleven oh six. Let me go see him. Hey, it's so, <laughs> like you'll be able to just be, have access to us. So we're gonna be all around campus. We're gonna be proactive with our students. But John, if you're ever just hey, I really want to talk about internships this week. Who do I go to? All right, let me talk to my career coach. Who's that? Oh, April Wilson over in Olin Career Center. Let me go see April so we can have that conversation. Or, hey, I'm a little nervous. I just want to email you. Hey, I just want to video chat with you. All of that is going to be an opportunity and right there for us. So that initiative of the student success team, to me, is literally one of the most important things that we do and in turn to making sure our students are successful here at LSU. Well, Julian, I appreciate that when I asked about the university's priorities for the future, you went to your retention, which, by the way, is far higher than the national average. But... I'm particularly impressed about how you talked about student success, but for everyone. You talked about, of course, them having you as a resource for four years, but you talked about having a career coach, an academic coach, peer mentors, social and emotional coaches. This is all to help the students continue to be successful when they're on your campus, not only academically, emotionally, physically, but also as they prepare for their futures. So I really appreciate all of that. And so let's go into the application process itself, if you don't mind. What is LSU's approach, Julian, to the admissions process, particularly in terms of the criteria and factors considered when reviewing applications? This is obviously important for so many students and their parents. So whatever insights you could provide would be greatly appreciated. No problem. I I know that the admissions process can be like this 
this mystical black box and what are they really <laughs> looking at? I appreciate this time and platform and that question in particular, John. I'm here to demystify what our application process is. So first thing first, we are a test optional institution and we will be moving forward. So that means you don't don't have to submit test scores. If you want to, you totally can. We are a super scoring university, which means let's say you take the SAT twice, um, you do better on the math on test one, you do better on critical reading and writing on test two, even though they're from two different test centers, both of those, will them add them together to create what's called your super score or your best score uh, here at LSU. So I would say, and, and again, we are test optional and will be moving forward, but I will say to give yourself an opportunity, take the test at least once, twice, get a chance just to get a feel for it. I, and I, if you can take the SAT once, take the ACT twice or another time as two tests, one ACT, one SAT. And why I say this is my own personal journey is because I took the SAT twice. My friend told me, and this how, you know, John, we didn't know what we were talking about. He was like, Julian, I just took the, the ACT test. And I was like, oh, cool, I never heard of the ACT test. I've been taking the SAT. Let me see what the ACT test is all about. I went to my uh, uh, my counselor. Shout out to Miss Lisa Lisa Kaz is still uh, being an amazing guidance counselor at School of the Arts in Rochester, New York, who helped guide me. I went to her office on that Monday morning. Miss Kazan, I need to take the ACT test. She's like, uh, what are you talking about? No, Miss Kazan, I don't know what you're talking about, Miss Kazan. Maybe you're not hearing me. I need to take the ACT test. My man Chris just took it. I need to take it too. And she's like, you mean the ACT? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. And then I said, oh, the ACT test. Chris gave me the wrong. Okay, yes, I need to take the ACT. And to me, it's more, I'm a more of my math and science person. So I took the ACT and did a lot better. So I say that students, not to say that you have to take a test, but if you can and you have time, I would try and take the SAT. I know New York, New Jersey, mostly a SAT state, but I would try the ACT. I feel like the ACT is more straightforward. You either know it or you don't. Sometimes with the SAT, I'm like, well, what are they even asking? I'm not even really sure. <laughs> I would say take both of them, but regardless, if you do use a test score, we super score that. So I think that's big. But the biggest thing for LSU is it's the high school transcript. Far and away, the high school transcript is the best predictor of college success. Myself and my team, there's two things that we're looking for. Can you do the work and be successful at LSU academically? And will you be an asset to our LSU community? That's really it. That's all we're looking for. Can you do right. the work? Will you be an asset to our community? So by being able to, to take honors, AP, dual enrollment classes, even, and we look at you in the context of your own school. So if you're maybe at a school that only offers five AP classes, but you take four of them, don't think that because your your friend that you play baseball or, or soccer with that's at a school and they're offering 40 AP classes and they've taken the same number to four that you've taken don't think that you're at a disadvantage. We look at students in the context of their own school. So the the being there, so I would implore students take those rigorous classes, put yourself out there, try that because it's just going to help get you prepared for this uh, this this rigorous institution that is LSU. We're top twenty five in the country and taking dual enrollment credit. Students, man, I don't know when they're sleeping these days, John. I'm not that much older than them. I remember when again, Miss Cadet folks, I played three sports. People thought I was the man because of my, uh, playing three sports, dual enrollment, or, or taking two AP classes, a dual enrollment class. And they're like, man, Julian, you're so great. I'm like, I look at these transcripts now, people are taking all dual enrollment classes. They're taking two dual DE classes since their, uh, their junior year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not nearly as smart. So I love to say that, that as long as you get a C minus or higher in those classes, LSU is going to take that credit. 
So you, you're going to get credit for that. And so we're really, again, everything that we do is about students. So really that, that high school transcript is the biggest thing, trying to take rigorous classes that as much as you can honors AP dual enrollment, knowing that we look at students in the context of their own school, not your friend's school. You're going to be competing with students in your other, just in your school. When we look at you, we're a public institution. We're looking to find ways to admit you. Um, I will say the other key piece to it is, again, if you will be an asset to our LSU community, some of the big things are, and only because I'm telling you, John, because your family to me now is <laughs> that we are really looking at non-cognitives. So mm-hmm. things that you can't really measure like a grade A or B that you got in calculus and you're trying to go to engineering. Okay, that lines up. We're looking for things like positive self-concept. We're looking for realistic expectations. We're looking for if you volunteer or have community service work. We're looking at opportunities to say, hey, I know that I struggle in math, but I've been going to tutoring and I know that becoming a doctor is a lot of math that goes with it. We're looking at short-term goals versus long-term goals. We're looking for leadership skills. Those non-cognitives are huge for us. So that activity list is so important to us. There's 10 options. Even if you feel like, hey, like this is trivial, I don't need to put that. But if you babysit your little brother, little sister, for two hours out of the week while mom and dad are at work, that's a big deal. John, it was always a big deal to me. But as I mentioned earlier, I have two beautiful girls. I love them with all my heart, my beautiful wife. I have, again, three and two-year-old. If I'm leaving you with my baby girls, you, I trust you implicitly. Like, it is something that's super, super important. So you may think, oh, it's little. I babysit. No, that's a big, big deal to us. That shows responsibility. That shows leadership. That shows consistency. So maybe it is, hey, I started my own business and I cut old man Jenkins' lawn down the street. You doing that (laughs) shows that that leadership, that hustle. All of these things, and and, and let's say you're taking those tougher classes and you struggled and, and maybe you're going through some things and you talk about it in your personal essay. Maybe grades show that that hey maybe you got a C in this one one semester now you got a B plus or a B minus. We're looking for resiliency because when you come to LSU, you're gonna have some tough days where you're like, I don't know if I can really do this work, and we don't want you calling mom and dad and saying I need a ticket to fly home. Well, you may do that <laughs> just as long as you don't actually do that. That because we, we're here to support you, and you're gonna face some tough days, but we're here to help get you to the finish line. So that resiliency playing sports looking out for others that any way that you can show resiliency is really key for us as well. Showing that you can overcome that you're gritty. You have passion, you have perseverance. Those are some of the non-cognitive items that especially here at LSU we're truly looking for. And I think can be a really great way for us and a really great way to help elevate your application. Cause I will say at LSU we're on page for 50,000 applications this year wow. for only 7,200 <laughs> spots. So how you can elevate yourself is really taking the time to let us know who you are. That activity list is big. And I will say our common app essay is optional. I want to make sure I say it again. It's optional, but I think right. every student should do that. Again, it's a way for us to ascertain who you are as a person, because I, I know that everyone will probably agree with, I, with me when I say this, every student that applies is much more than just a name on a common application or much more than just who they are as a student on their transcript. We want to actually know the person that's actually applying in that common app essay gives us a chance. There's nine different options, eight actual specific prompts. And the last prompt is just tell us what you want to tell us about all of that is important. We just want to get to know our students as well. So I know it's kind of long winded, but really boils down to can you do the work and will you be an asset to our LSU community? 
Hey, podcast friends, are you or someone you know in need of some custom college gear? Prep Sportswear carries a wide variety of college fan gear and apparel, including T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, hats, and so much more. So whether you're getting ready to go to the game, hanging out on campus, organizing a college bed decorating party, or you're simply looking to build upon your college gear, Prep Sportswear has you covered. Check out our Prep Sportswear affiliate partnership link in the show notes for all the details. As an affiliate partner with Prep Sportswear, the podcast does receive a small commission if you make a purchase. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel that would benefit our listeners. And now, back to the show. Well, we appreciate that. And it was a long answer, but a very important one, Julian. And I'm going to just summarize a couple of things because, number one, you talked about the transcript and how you review it based on the child's school profile. So you're not comparing a kid from ABC high school to XYZ high school. You're looking at the school profile. As you said, if a school offers five APs, if they offer 20 APs, it doesn't matter. You want to know that the student took advantage of what was available to them in their high school so that you could determine whether or not they're able to handle the rigor of the work once they're on your campus at LSU. Obviously, you want to admit students that have shown, to your point, resiliency. And by the way, I love that you talked about the fact that if you get a C plus, and many times kids get a C plus, and yes, sometimes lower, what did you do about it? Did you bounce back? What was your thought process? Did you meet with the teacher? Did you go for extra help? Did you really try to bring your grade up? You gave the example of going from a C plus, I think you said to a B plus. That's what admissions officers want to see, that resiliency. So the transcript, of course, to see if they can handle the work on your campus. You talked about the non-cognitives. What kind of community member are you going to be on the campus? And of course, the activity sheet incorporates a lot of things that you did in high school, hopefully, so that they could determine what kind of roommate you're going to be, what kind of classmate you're going to be, what kind of community member you're going to be in this beautiful thing that we call LSU. And I love the fact that you talked about babysitting, because if you're babysitting for whether it's a younger sibling or somebody in your neighborhood, perhaps, you know, you're a student who has to take a relative to the doctor. Maybe they don't speak English and you need to go and help them. Or you have to care for a younger sibling, an elderly relative, all of that to Julian's point, is so important for admissions office to get insight in terms of the type of person that you are. I love that you mentioned that the essay is optional. However, look at the overall application students as a marketing package. There's mm -hmm. many parts. We say this all the time on the podcast. The transcript, that's your academics. The activity sheet, what you've done outside of the classroom, outside of your school building, perhaps. That essay is an opportunity for you to give further insight into who you are using your voice. So I appreciate how you said that it's optional. However, it's probably a really important thing to add and to complete just to give LSU admissions representatives a little more insight in terms of who you are as a person. Is that correct, Julian? That is 100% correct. Like you, you, you are right, hitting the nail right on the head. And that is, I love how you said it. It really is like a marketing package. And I know I talk to students relentlessly and constantly, and they're always like, it feels a little weird to brag about myself. I understand mm -hmm. that. But it, it, this is it, it's your marketing package. Uh, I love that you said it, So I'm going to start using that as well. John, I hope you don't mind. Um, but <laughs> when I think about our students and what I try and tell them is most students have heard of this show. Um, 
Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, Hamilton. And there's a song that's in there called My Shot. This is your shot. This is your moment. You're not going to redo the application. This is your one moment to let the world know about who you are. And so don't miss your shot. This is the time. Again, I understand it being a little uncomfortable for you, but this is the time to kind of take a deep breath, whatever you need to do, and brag about yourself. It's that perfect time for it. Well, we appreciate that, Julian. Thank you so much. And can you share the percentage of students that apply from out of state? And does the application process differ based on in-state or out-of-state? And another thing with that, Julian, I know that it's LSU, Louisiana State University. Is there a max in terms of the percentage of students that you could actually accept from out-of-state? Such a great question again. John, man, man, this you are the man. I'm so <laughs> glad that we're able to connect today. Um, so the, I'll, I'll do it in kind of reverse order. So no, there is not a cap. Uh, right. We are governed by a board of supervisors. Uh, we have a board of regents, all that good stuff. But we are not capped to say that we can only have a certain amount of out-of-state students. We are right. not. So um, one thing, and there is no different process for an out-of-state student versus an in-state student. We, there's no different process. Same way that we, we review an in-state student, we review an out-of-state student. Realistically, of course, uh, going back to it, we could admit all out-of-state students and, and enroll all out-of-state students if, <laughs> if we wanted to. Of course, we wouldn't do that. That right. would cause a lot of mayhem in our state. But uh, <laughs> but really, there's, seriously, there's no cap on us. And really where right. we have been going, it's been trending out of state, out of state, out of state, increasing each and every year. So this past year is about 35, 38% of our freshman class that came in was a LSU student. We had 7,402 students come in. Wow. So um, 35 to 38% was out of state. And this year, I think we'll be up close to about 40%. So really, it's not a in-state versus out-of-state thing. It's just, yes, we have to uh, take care of our students in our own backyard in a great boot state, no doubt. But we also are saying that, hey, if students are looking to be here and they can do the work here and it will be an asset to our community, whether they are from Alaska or Iowa or um, or Michigan or, of course, New York, New Jersey, they, they have a spot and, and can have an opportunity to study here at LSU as well. Well, we appreciate that, Julian. And when I speak to parents, one of the things that they ask a lot is about demonstrated interest, particularly if a student is really interested in attending, of course, in this case, LSU. So what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending LSU? And does it come into a play at any point, Julian, in your overall application review process? Yeah, I would say we're not computers who are making these application <laughs> decisions. We're real life human beings. So we do track demonstrated interests. So whether you're reaching out to your admissions counselor, setting up meetings with them, um, whether it is, hey, you come to an open house, you come to uh, we come to your area for an event and you come and attend that. We track all of that. It it, it can be a part of our um, application process and our decision process because we are a holistic review. So everything matters to us. So that is something, but I would definitely tell you, we, I love our office because we are a bunch of competitive people. And so <laughs> when I feel like, and I'm not just saying I'm talking to, I'm not just saying this because I'm talking to you, but I feel like the best kids in the country are from New York and New Jersey. So I'm going <laughs> to fight like heck, like, well, to me, I get to really help make these decisions. So I, I still fight like heck for them. Um, but I, but even when I was admissions counselor, it was fighting even harder for them. So, but New York, New Jersey, but I have my, my staff who 
we have uh, a regional admissions counselor in Dallas. I always say Savannah's our queen of – she's going every week on Wednesday. She's going to send me a list of kids. <laughs> Julian, this kid needs to be admitted. Here's why. This kid this kid, has a list of 20 kids, and, and she's taking up those spots. My uh, regional in Atlanta or our on-campus, I was like, wait, hold on. Let me tell you about my 15 kids. So we, we it's a really competitive but fun office to be in. And, and it, the, really the people who stay on the top of our, what we call hot book or student list are the people who are continuously staying in contact with us. So it is by email. So my staff, they really love the email. I love my good old cell phone. So like, I'll give you my <laughs> cell phone number. You call me, text me, let me know what's going on. You're staying on top of mine first because we all travel. We all have big, larger territories. So we're seeing thousands and thousands of students. Again, this is your time. Again, this is your marketing portfolio. This is your marketing pitch. Staying on our top of mind is really, really important. And as there's certain programs you may not know about that we know about that we're like, oh, I just talked to Jesse last week. Jesse just had those senior year grades uh, a little bit below our our, um, average admitted student of a 3.9. You know what? I don't know if that's it, but you know what? I think about this other program. Hey, Jesse, what do you think about coming to our summer academy program that's coming in this summer? But it's because of that relationship that they have. Yes, we're going to try and remember, and we have our our, uh, CRM that helps us see our students regularly who we want to keep track of. But but the student reaching out to us is really, really important. You're not bothering us. They're not annoying us. It just helps keep us top of mind. And especially as I know this year at LSU, we had a record number of 42,000 applications last year. We are on page for 50,000. I just looked at the number last night and – Almost thirty thousand applications before our our um, our scholarship deadline of December fifteenth, which it has been for the last six years, and it will continue to be December fifteenth is our scholarship deadline. To have that many applications, and know that we really we're not going to overfill our class. We're really going to be at about seventy two hundred students. So when we get to that argument, that arguing time for those last couple spots in February March, you want to be on the top of the mind of your admissions counselor. So when I'm arguing with my other associate directors and my director about, hey, why these last, why my, my, why my 10 kids should get in over Chad or Olivia's kids when there's only 25 spots left, well, who gets those ones? It's those kids who are staying, or sorry, not kids, those young adults who are staying on the top of our mind. Right. Right. That's that's great insight. And I know that LSU is rolling admissions. It is. Yes, sir. Would you recommend submitting that application as soon as the application is open? In other words, the sooner the better? And maybe elaborate as to why, whatever your answer is. Yeah, I would say no, you don't have to, unless it will alleviate the stress of you as a student. I would say <laughs> so, uh, because I, I love to see the the weight off of the shoulders of students when they finally press submit on their application. But the reason why I right. say no, not when it first opens, our application opens August 1st. Right. Um, but I can tell you, we're not reading August 1st. We're not. We start, <laughs> we start reading in the middle of October. So to me, I would say as long as you do it in the window of time between uh, like early October to December 15th, of course, you can apply after December 15th. But I want you to be right. a part of this $1 billion that we're going to offer at LSU. But So you have to apply by December 15th for that priority um, deadline for our scholarship. And I would say the middle of October so that's the real sweet spot because that's when we actually start reading applications while we're still traveling in in um, early to mid-October. So that's the start of it. And then, again, the scholarship being December 15th, have to apply by then. I think anytime in that window, and we're a true rolling. So we actually, we, we release normally weekly, but this time of year, coming into the holidays, and we started already, 
we release daily sometimes, sometimes three times a wow. week. So we're here. We're we're trying to put some good uh some good uh feeling and, and some good excitement out to families during the Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, New Year holiday season. So I, I would say that time frame, and that's why. Well, I'm glad I asked because there are similar colleges to LSU that have been on the podcast, and they too are rolling. They open on August 1st, as you mentioned. And they might say something like, yeah, within six weeks, you know, you're going to get your answer. But I appreciate you sharing that. Yes, your application opens August 1st, but you're really not starting to read until mid-October. So that's good insight in case a kid is, you know, applying to you and the other school in early August. And, you know, they get a response from the other school and they don't hear from you until the end of October, November. And they say, oh, man, did I do something wrong for LSU? So, again, great insight, Julian. No doubt. And, John, just, just to follow up on that, I would also say, too, is, Again, that demonstrated interest. If you right. want to know, hey, I haven't heard, is there anything why? What I teach my staff to do is you we want to always be solution-oriented and find prescriptions for students. So we right. already know, hey, you know what? You submitted as a test-inclusive student. Ah, that Your test score is a little bit lower than where I think you, you would want to be. I think you are more competitive as a test optional student, let's go that route. Hey, your grades have kind of been up and down and you're in one of our, trying to go for like an engineering major, one of our more competitive, you need strong math and science. You know what? We're going to need your first quarter grades. We're going to need your first semester grades. So no matter when you're giving us a call, a, a email, a text, a, a Zoom one-on-one, we're always going to be able <laughs> to give you a prescription or a plan to say what can make you more advantageous to get what we both want. We're in right. it with you. We want to admit you. We want to, to, to provide <laughs> great news to families and students. So we're working together and, and we want to have a symbiotic relationship. So really, it's truly about what can we do to help get you to that goal? And we're going to be able to tell you early on in the process what you need uh, and what you can do to, to be better. And sometimes it really is, hey, you know what? It's just a quick flip. You you and I, I hear it all the time. I didn't even realize I applied as a test inclusive student. <laughs> no problem. I can switch that for you. As long as you give me permission, John, can I switch you to test optional? Yes. Send me that email. Yep. Cool. I, it's literally two clicks, bang. And then soon at our next release, usually the students get are getting admitted depending on where we are in that profile. Well, I appreciate that you said, you know, we're looking to admit you. In fact, you are admissions counselors, not rejection counselors, right? So you are <laughs> looking for reasons to admit the students. So I appreciate that. Julian, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Before we get, though, to that last question, I just want to ask you, is there a question I didn't ask today or a topic that I didn't bring up that you want to share with the listeners. I just want to give you an opportunity. I know that this has been a comprehensive conversation with a lot of different things that we covered. But before we get to the big last question, is there anything I didn't ask or anything else that you want to bring up? I would just say to me, I truly mean it when I say, and John, you've asked an, an, an array of beautiful questions. So I thank you and your journalistic skills. I know you're not a journalist <laughs> by trade, man, but you make it look easy, man. Oh, man. But, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress like everyone else. <laughs> and, and you're just, it's exactly, just like everybody else, but you're, 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 in, you're in that elite 1% like an LS. I don't just think so, up. but thank you for the confidence. <laughs> you, right. uh, but uh, what I would definitely say is, big thing is visit the colleges. Visit whatever school you're thinking about. Some students do it early in the process. Some students wait until they get admitted. Whatever you decide to do it. And I know, trust me, again, I live in Baton Rouge. I'm not driving up to New York when I recruit. So I, I fly and I see the flights. They're expensive as all get out. So I totally <laughs> get it. But I think that investment that you're making on a weekend trip and hopefully you get multiple schools, but that 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 feeling that you'll get on the campus 
that is what you're looking for. And it's hard to quantify that. And, and so to me, I would say wherever you go, visit that campus, um, really see it for your own eyes. It's great to see it on social media or your friend that goes through there. Literally go visit it. And I would also say, ask questions. Yes, ask questions to us in admissions. Um, but I would also say, you see some random students walking by, ask that student, ask them how they're enjoying their time. What do they like about that campus? I really feel like when you come visit LSU in particular, you're going to get that Nicholas Spark type feeling, that tingly feeling. <laughs> like, And that feeling usually is telling you this is a place where you can see yourself for the next four years. You're To me, you're taking that weekend investment in, in families. I, I'm, I'm getting clear. These flights are expensive. Hotels are high. It's expensive, but I think it's worth the investment when you're coming for a weekend trip or a week trip to look at your son or daughter or their friends for a four-year investment, maybe even longer than that. Um, again, at LSU, you you can come here for your master's and your doctoral and a lot of our different programs. So I would say just a big thing, visit campus, ask questions, and then even ask students who are going there who aren't a part of admissions, maybe just walking through, ask them a question <laughs> as they're on their way to class or hanging out with their friends just to get a feel for that school. And trust your gut, folks. Like, yes, it's great about rankings, but finding your best fit, I think, is the key piece, and it's really going to chance to get to visit that school. Well, we appreciate the advice in terms of finding your fit. And yeah, visiting campus is definitely a big part of that. A lot of times, you know, you mentioned it's very expensive for other families. Maybe they could afford it, but it's also time consuming. So the advice that we always give on the podcast is if you can't visit before you apply, you definitely owe it to yourself to really take that visit before you matriculate for all the reasons that Julian mentioned um, although we have things like the podcast and every college and university has beautiful websites with so many resources, nothing replicates standing on that campus, taking that tour. And I appreciate you mentioning not only asking questions of the admissions people, the tour guide, but find a random student on campus or off campus at a local shop just to really get a sense of what it is. And one thing that I'll add for the parents to consider because there's a false sense, I believe, of comfort when you're on a campus with your parents, siblings. I remember going with my own daughters. We would go to the campus, take the tour, have a great time, go for a nice lunch, go for a nice dinner, and everybody was happy. We came together. We went home together. But give your students, even if it's just a half hour, to walk the campus on their own. Give them an opportunity to really reflect and say, okay, do I see myself here Without mom and dad, without my brother, without my sister, whoever, I think that's also some good advice. Would you agree, Julian? And is there anything else you want to add? Man, a hundred percent. That is so so true. Um, and and I would even ask, even add to that is like asking about can you come in for like like a day in the life type deal? Can you mm. have a? Do they have a student overnight program? Do they have a way I can even sit in on a class? Like really, as much as you can, get ingrained in that community because you're right. It's easy during a, a open house where everybody's happy. It's great. But what does it look like on a Tuesday in September? <laughs> like, what does that look like? And that's hard to kind of get that feeling. But you, you ask enough questions, you ask the community, you'll get that that real feel for people. So I love that. And really, you can see that, as you're saying, just walking through campus. What does that feel like? And students and, and, and parents, I would... It's funny, my wife and I, we talk about it already. My wife is big. I'm like, where do you think they'll go to college? Because this is the world that we live in. I'm like, babe, they're three and two. Let's worry about getting them into elementary school and get them into kindergarten first. But it, it, it's the fact of like, 
we may have our visions for our own children and where they want to go, but let your child kind of drive that conversation. What do they like? What they don't like? What what was cool to them? What was interesting to them? What wasn't cool to them? What was something they felt comfortable with? What was something that they didn't feel comfortable with? So letting them go, John, I think, and what you said was perfect. Letting them go, let them just walk for an hour. Letting them walk for 30 minutes. Like, hey, let's meet back here at admissions. You take take an hour and, and, right. and kind of tell me what you feel and then just kind of debriefing it and just not saying, Hey, I think you should go to a school or B school, C school. But they end up saying, I want to go to school Z and that right. should be okay. Cause it's right. all about finding their best fit and students trust your guts. It will tell you, especially when you get a chance to visit it. Right. And you know, we always say there is a college for every single student but not every college is for every single student. For example, if you're a kid that wants an urban environment and there's a school on one of those lists, right, maybe even top 20, and they happen to be in a rural environment, well, guess what? Regardless of the reputation of how great that school is, if you don't want to be in a rural environment or if you don't want to be in an urban environment, that school's not for you, regardless of what the rankings say. So, you know, it's definitely something to consider. And I appreciate you talking about your daughters being three and two years old. And they're the most adorable kids that I've ever seen, by the way. They're awesome. But the fact that you and your wife are already talking about, hey, where do we think they're going to go to college is absolutely key to understanding how important this process is to parents, to the students. And so you've given a lot of pearls today, Julian. I really appreciate the conversation it leads us to the last question, which is, what are three other pieces of advice that you would like to leave the students and their parents as they're getting ready for the college admissions process? Yeah, John, that, that's a, a big ending one, especially for all that we talked <laughs> about. Um, I will just have to say, I, I will take one of those and say, please go visit campus. That is, again, we right. say, I'm not going to belabor that point, but number one is visiting that that campus. I would say number two is, don't get stuck on a major. Just so everybody knows, 60% of students across America change their major at least one time. So don't get stuck on a major. Think about what your career is or you feel like your career is what you want to do. I want to help people. I want to have. I want to own my own business and have a podcast. I want to build things. <laughs> I don't know if it's an architect or engineer, but I want to build things and make money off of that. Hey, I really like cars. What can I do with cars? Like, Think of your career aspirations and then work backwards on that. I, I would say so really like not being stuck on, hey, it's got to be this specific major. You may just again, I would lead and talk about trying to think about careers that you want. And then you may be uh, put upon different uh, major. You think it's you think it's political science, but you, you talk about what you're looking for. And and somebody tells you, oh, you know what? You might want our three plus three law program. That's an accelerated track that will help you get into the FBI and then help you to your goal of what you're saying. You want to work in the CIA. Right, and, right. If, and if you say, just don't ask that question and you're just, I just want to be a political science major because that's what you know, that could, could get you there. But if you say what your career is, it helps the admissions office kind of work backwards, backwards and say, hey, here are the, not just political science, here are the 10 different majors that you could be that will help get you to what your career goal is. Um, so that would be, would be number two. I would say number three, then would be, and I heard this at a conference, the conference we were both at, John, is uh, <laughs> when we're looking at students and the stresses of this, there's a 64% um, survey that the College Board found out that the toughest thing that a high school student does is not ask somebody to prom, not calc AB <laughs> or BC, not taking that intro to dance class. 
it is going through the college process. So parents, this is a big deal for students. They feel it. I would check in regularly. I would start the process early. I would try and do as much research as you can because a lot of universities are similar in, in what we do, but how we do it really differentiates each other, whether it is an early action school or an early decision school, which is a binding agreement, whether it's a true rolling, whether it's you get all the decisions all at one time, financial aid, how that all works. You want to get a chance to to just check in with your child and, and just really, parents, I know you're busy, got a lot of things going on, but I, being an active participant, especially with now how the new FAFSA is, is, is going to be, that is going to be unveiled at the end of this month. Like, it's just a new process in a different world. And don't hesitate to reach out to folks like John uh, and his network of people. I know there's some great counselors out here. Um, I do got a shout out to Miss Mary from Half Hollows West. That's my lady. What's <laughs> up, Miss Mary? I hope you're listening <laughs> to this week's show. Um, but there, there's some great people who are out there in the community that are there for you. So parents, just be an active participant and know that students are really stressed out about it, whether they say it or not. If they need that extra 30 minutes on a weekend to play whatever video game they want to play to decompress, just allow that and just know this is a stressful time. And, and, and again, it's really important um, that that the students really market themselves into who they are. Understand, parents, it is a difficult time for your young adult. They're going through it whether they say it or not. So being an active participant and just understanding that to support them as you have all their life is just another great way that I think can be really helpful during this application process. Well, we really appreciate this, Julian. Number one, visit, visit, visit. As we said earlier, if you can't before applying, certainly try to do so before you matriculate. Also, don't get stuck on a major. You talked about how 60% of the students change their major at least once. So that is something really important to consider students. You don't have to know what you're majoring in when you're applying. If you happen to know, fantastic. But if not, 60% of the students change anyway. So don't stress on that. And lastly, you know, you mentioned the NACAC conference, which we were both at down in Baltimore. 64% of high school students reported that the toughest thing they deal with in high school is the college process. But today, Julian, thanks to you, that's going to help students and parents. This conversation has been great. You gave so much insight, so much advice. I really appreciate you. You are awesome, and we hope to have you again, Julian. Thank you so much. John, seriously, thanks to you for this platform, for all the admissions folks that get to come on it. I'm super grateful and thankful that you allowed me to come on today. So anytime in the college admissions process, podcast is I love to come on, be a part of anything <laughs> that you're a part of, man. So thank you for the opportunity. And I hope I help any someone out. And if anybody has any questions, they can always reach out to me. I'm the only Julian in our office. Uh, <laughs> and, and I'm the New York, New Jersey rep, but wherever, no matter where you are across the country, I'm here to serve students to help you find your best fit. Please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Well, Julian, LSU is so lucky to have you, as were we during this episode. And one last thing to say to everyone out there, good luck to you and best wishes as you navigate the college admissions process. Take care, everyone, and thank you all so much. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. That's right. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please don't forget to tell a friend. 
And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. I am your host, John Durante, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Cap. What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability, affordability, and a wide selection for bedding to storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, see the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for Dormco, your one stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all and best wishes.